Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Ben Beadle, who is the boss man CEO of the National Residential Landlords Association, we've best described as the voice of, of UK landlords. Um, ben, as the CEO of the NRLA, what's your opinion on the Renters Reform Bill, the white paper that's presently we're talking now in November 2021, which is presently being looked at and potentially being published in spring 2022 to reform the, the the rent or market, particularly in England, getting rid of section 21 potentially and also lifetime deposits. So what's your thoughts? Talk to me. So lots coming down the track. Um, I think the direction of travel is clearly towards a greater regulated sector. That argument has been one loss, depending on what side of the fence mm. you, you okay. sit on. So for me, Chris, this is about shaping what the sector looks like. And, and this is going to be the most significant change, uh, probably for a good 30 years. OK, so let's look at Section 21 mm. to start with. I mean, you know, the big I, when I were a lad, <laughs> um, I can remember I was at, I was doing my surveying course and the Housing Act just kicked in. Um, are you saying it's as big as that? I think it is. Yeah, uh, I think it's a big going to be a big mindset change. But the, the the bit that I take comfort from, Chris, is I'm still yet to meet a landlord who who will evict a good tenant. And so I think we have to just distill what Section Twenty One stands for. Section, it's not a dark art. Do you, think, do you think there's a lot of do you think there's a lot of doom mongering around? It's the end of the world. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. But I also think um, you know they're, they're, it's about being prepared. Like any you know, like any business, there's a big change that's coming. How how are we going to adapt to it? And I think you know landlords don't want to evict good tenants. So we we need to we, we need to recognise that Section Twenty One is something that's just used because that's yeah that's what people use. So what we're trying to really influence is what replaces Section 21. And that's going to be the really, really critical part. But you can call for it to go until the cows come home. It's going, isn't it? It's going. It's, it's gone. We're weighing in the wind if we, if we say anything different. What does the replacement look like? And what, what is, I mean, I know you, you talked, you, 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 only last week you were with the government minister talking about it because uh, it's out for discussion. And, Where's the, where's the, what, what do you get a sense of direction of where she's going on this? So, uh, I, I mean, there's talk of Section 8 notices, housing courts, that sort of stuff. Yeah, what? there is. And um, the minister, Chris Pincher, is really, really clear that um, part of Section 21 going will mean that Section 8 grounds need to be beefed up. OK, and so, you know, it's it, we are fully expecting there to be uh, you know, mandatory grounds for rent arrears, um, uh, grounds for antisocial behaviour, but we need to also take into account the things that Section 21 masks. So if you can't get access to your property to do a gas certificate or something that keeps you as a landlord legal, well, I want to see that translated into a ground, maybe not a mandatory ground, but certainly a discretionary ground, because I can't be in the position as a landlord, as a property owner, that I'm in breach of my obligations because my tenant is causing me to be in breach. And this is a lot of the messaging that gets lost around Section 21. It hides the actual reality of why Section 21s are used. Landlords don't wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to give a Section 21 notice. We know there's really high satisfaction. We know the average tenancy length is four and a half years. Why do I want to evict a, a good tenant? I don't. 
I mean, in, in Scotland, I know they don't call it Section 21, but no fault evictions yeah. were removed a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Has yeah. there been any issues north of the border? Not that we are aware of. And so what my message really is to sort of agents and landlords is in any changing framework, there is obviously angst about how it will work. You know, I hear lots of landlords say, well, you know, this is the final uh, nail in the coffin for me, extra regulation, I'm not going to be able to yeah, get but they said, they said you that. You will, you will. They said that when the, when the tax changed Indeed. in 16, didn't <laughs> they? And they'll here. say, and there'll always be end of the world stuff. Uh, and, and, and that is a concern because, you know, for me, it's a case of how much can landlords be squeezed? That's the reality. Well, let's be honest, especially in the 20, you know, the, the last 10, 15 years since the millennium, they've had it quite good, haven't they? <laughs> so I, I, I think the, the framework in which one is operating is, uh, has been a more favourable one to landlords. But, you know, those landlords that have come out of the, well, I know we're not fully out of the pandemic, but if you look at what's happened during the pandemic, landlords have bent over backwards to accommodate yes, they their have. tenants. Um, they've not given notices, they, uh, and they've not been able to enforce notices in some of the most egregious cases of rent arrears and bad behaviour. So I say, you know, it, it ain't all bad. You know, landlords are doing a good job I think they can do a better job with the right framework let's, let's touch on lifetime deposits the, the, an idea that uh, you know raising a second deposit whilst the first one is tied up in the property you know really does hold people back and the government are really keen to have more fluidity throughout people's where they want to live what's your concerns about lifetime deposits but does it hold people back is my is my question Fair point. And, and I think that Lifetime deposits emanate. So I, I, lifetime deposits is a great idea. Yeah, who doesn't want to pay one deposit and take it from one to the other? The problem is, Chris, it's bloody complicated to actually make work, particularly in the in the current, you know, insured custodian okay. model of deposits. If we look at when this idea was first muted, it was muted back pre-Tenant Fees Act, um, which meant that deposits were higher, you were paying admin fees, referencing fees, whatever fees the agent wanted you to pay. So my argument here is that people have more disposable income at the start of the tenancy. So this really, if I was to put it crudely, is a, is a solution that's more likely to be geared towards the lower end of the market. And do you think it should be mandatory or an option? Um, I think I want to see what the government are going to put out because um, there are a few options on the table. Yeah, we've got some zero deposit products at the moment. Yes. As long as that doesn't cost more okay. than the deposit, it's and a good And thing. again, there's that magical flux period between how is the old landlord going to be protected? You know, the I, landlord, he's or she goes in a week after the tenant's gone and the place is wrecked and who earns what? So I have a really simple requirement as far as the, the, whatever the government decides, and that's the landlord doesn't carry the risk. A landlord cannot start the tenancy not knowing whether or not he's got, or he or she's got five weeks or immediately a, sh a shortfall. So whatever the solution is, it must give confidence. It must give confidence. Landlords must be able to be comfortable with it. Um, and to me, the, the risk sits elsewhere. Thank you for your time today. Um, interesting times ahead with regard to the rent reform bill um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you for your time and insight, Ben. Thank you.